This Godzilla Media Podcast is brought to you by our great people that make it happen, like our partners at Mohawk Honda. New ride, new vehicle, new you in 2022. Mohawk Honda can make it happen for you. Drive over to Glenville, New York, Freeman's Bridge Road, and find out about the great deals going on. I can tell you from firsthand experience. I know. Looking outside, checking out that 2022 Pilot EXL. Shout out to Cam McKenna. Follow him on Instagram. Shout out to Greg Johnson. All the people that are making it happen at Mohawk Honda. We could run through the list. So many people. But I know what you're looking for is that you want to find people you can trust during the carbine experience. People at Mohawk Honda have been doing this for decades. There's a reason why people keep coming back to Mohawk Honda. It's the service, the treatment, people you want on your side when you're making that big decision. And you want to get a new vehicle. We've been pretty fortunate here in upstate New York with the winter. We got to get ready for the future. Maybe you've got a new job on the way, new responsibilities. Got to make sure that gas, that mileage, that budget, all those things that are important to you are happening. When you stop into Mohawk Honda, tell them you heard about it from this Godzilla Media podcast. Tell them you heard about it from Godzilla Media. And who knows? They'll probably take care of you even more. It's Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. And our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy, 6th Avenue in Troy. Helping you out with those winter projects that are on the way. Finding those competitive prices in store. And give them a call. 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. That is the number Johnstone Supply in Troy. Hit two so you can talk to our guys. Tom, Kev, James, Rob, whoever it might be at the front desk. Those guys will help you. Especially if you've got some issues going on with your furnace, your boiler, something in your basement. Johnstone Supply and Troy can help you through that dilemma and give you the best advice that you need. One more time on that number, 518-272-5922 and 5922. I'm rushing through it. John Goodman Furnaces. I probably got too excited to tell you about it. 2% off. If you say I'm looking for the John Goodman Furnace from this Godzilla Media podcast, 2% off your furnace. It's a big deal. Share that special with your friends, your family members, and more. Hey, Heard it on a Godzilla Media podcast. You just mentioned John Goodman Furnace at Johnstone Supply in Troy. 2% off. Big deal for this winter, especially for the future. So there you go. One more time for the number 518-272-5922. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Making this Godzilla Media podcast possible. Now, let's get back to it. And hey, a happy Monday to everybody out there. Hope you're well wherever you are. We're up here in upstate New York. It was a balmy 45, 50 degrees here today. It was awesome. Welcome back to Pugsley's Pit. I'm Sean Pugsley Martin asking you the question, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Welcome back to our show this week. It's a home game for me uh, this week, folks, rather than uh, the office setting. By way of introduction, I'm a freelance sports writer with the Albany Times Union, sports enthusiast, unabashed homer, and unapologetic homer as well. Also can be found as co-host at M&M&M Across the Board on a weekly basis with uh, my great friends Ashley Miller and Eric McDowell. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pugsley's Pit and take in the podcast on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. On today's show, we're going to go back to little something we do each week. I've been a, a beat writer for ECAC Hockey oh, for about 12, 13 years now. Started off at Union College back in uh, 
2009-2010, moved over to RPI, Rensselaer, known better in the college hockey world, going uh, going back four years now, and uh, we're going to bring in one week to go in the ECAC regular season, plus a makeup game next Tuesday, I think Harvard and Princeton are going to do the honors, and I want to bring in, to me, the expert, the man of ECAC hockey, Josh Sagan, college hockey news for about 10 years or so now. Josh, welcome to the pit. How you doing, my friend? Hey, can't complain, right? You know, we're getting to the best time of the year. You know, it's a couple of weeks, a couple of road trips planned. It's all it's always a fun time. When you come to Albany? Uh, maybe the first round. We'll see. Really? Those are probably if one of them gets a home game, that's the closest one to me. Oh, is it? Well, I'll tell you what. You come to Albany, you can, you know, after the game, you can go no, no, no. Well, you, you just come to Albany. How's that? <laughs> it's easy to stay focused on hockey when you're here. No offense to Albany. Just not a ton to do. So, hey, we got a week to go in ECAC. we got, uh, you know, clear-cut top three teams in the league. Quinnipiac and Clarkson are kind of battling it out neck and neck for the top seed. Who who do you think the best team in the league is right now? Maybe not necessarily all year, but right now. Uh, right now, I, th- I think I would look at Clarkson. I mean, they can score. I mean, yeah, they lost to Cornell 6-2 at line of rink. That's always a nice little rivalry there. Um, you know, rivalry games can produce some interesting results. But you look at a team that can score. I mean, they were scoring four or five ga- per game, you know, o- over an 11-game uh, winning run, uh, or actually I should say unbeaten run. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now they can score. They can, you know, their defense might be a little on the inconsistent side, but – I mean, you look at the other side in Quinnipiac. I mean, they, they're getting consistent defense. They're allowing one goal per game. But, but the caveat is against good teams, they haven't really been scoring, uh, scoring some goals. I mean, they struggled against a really good Harvard team this weekend, struggled against Cornell, scored one goal a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, and, and it just seems like against good teams, decent teams, they're, they're having a hard time, you know, putting the puck in the net. So, you know, you, know, you need scoring to win. So, I mean, they have the horses, but yeah. whether or not they can create, they got the possession, but hasn't really equal equal goals lately. So we'll have to see. Has this league seen a better goaltending situation than, than Quinnipiac? Um, I mean, Peretz has, has 10 shutouts this year. That That's just astounding. Um, I saw him here back in, I think, early December, and he pitched a shutout and was fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, Peretz, I mean, I, I – one of the advantages, I, I guess, Union too. Um, they have the end zone um, kind of press box. I was there over the weekends, weekend, and I thought Peretz was just phenomenal. I mean, he kept Quinnipiac in the game. Um, you know, they were getting Harvard was getting a ton of great A chances. He was just calm, cool, collected. He really yeah. kept it, it, kept his team in it in the second period. And he was fantastic. I mean, you also got Dylan St. Cyr, experienced kid you know, that played out at Notre Dame's on some very good Notre Dame teams. But I, I mean, I can't think of a better goaltending situation this year. I mean, going back in the recent years, you had, you know, Alex Lyon at Yale, you know, had yeah. very similar numbers, low, low ones. Uh, one year played out at the Albany regional that year. Um, yes. I think they lost to Quinnipiac. I'm, I'm trying to remember who they lost to, but they lost to somebody out in the Albany regional. Um but yeah, I mean, and then you know you had Michael Cartigue a few years ago at Quinnipiac as well. Um, you know, Kyle Hayton didn't really put up the numbers, but he had some good save percentages. So yeah, they have a very good goaltending situation. I mean, 
I guess the, the old adage is defense wins your championships. You know, maybe they are the best team in the league, but you also got to score some goals and, you know, scoring one a night against good teams uh, and, you know, five a night against some uh, some of the bottom teams. You know, it doesn't really it starts getting people asking questions. So yeah, you know, it'd be interesting to see them and Clarkson go up in Lake Placid. Do you think Clarkson will bring a nice contingent with them? Uh, it'll literally be a home game for them, uh, most likely. That, that to me, is kind of your dream matchup uh, as it looks right now. But let's talk about Harvard. They got their Olympians back. Is this a team? The team, they kind of been lurking in the bushes a little bit. They're kind of locked in with the three seed. Gibson just gets ECAC goaltender of the week uh, tonight, uh, was given that honor. Can, can Harvard make a run here? I mean, no reason why they can't. I mean, they have the horses, they have the, they have the talent. Um, you know, when you have guys like Nick Abruzzese coming back and, you know, Sean Farrell, we'll have to check on his injury. I, Cause I know he did get injured in the Friday game. He didn't play on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have the horses. And I think, I think Harvard gets that. They have the little mantra of being a very offensive team, but I don't, I don't really think that's this team. I think this team is very good defensively. This is probably one of the better defensive teams in a little bit. Um, they're not the running gun Teddy uh, Teddy Donato teams that we've seen in the past. Uh, this is a very um, you know possession based team. I think they're second in the ECAC in possession stats. Um, so yeah, th- this is a little bit different of a, Har- a Harvard team. And I thought over the weekend against Quinnipiac, I thought they really, really, really limited um, Quinnipiac from the Grade A spots. And um, you know Quinnipiac had some chances, but I thought Harvard was the better team. So and obviously you know anything can happen there. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I and Harvard's always been good up at Lake Placid. Obviously, now yeah. with the regulation size rank, maybe it's not a bit as big of an advantage as it used to be. But I, I thought that that you know rink size was obviously overblown over the years. I don't really think it benefits teams as much as some people think it does. It yeah. does slow down the game a little bit. It does the opposite of what people say it does. <laughs> it, it you know it made for some pretty you know slower paced games. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they definitely have the horses and the talent. I'm kind of. I get to see Harvard. I'll see them Saturday night uh, up against Rensselaer over at RPI uh, for Senior Night. Uh, there, they're actually going to allow some uh, the seniors to bring in. I think four guests. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see a, to see a few fans in Houston Fieldhouse uh, for the weekend. So to me, one of the best teams I've seen this year. I just saw them uh, two weeks ago was Colgate. They're they're. It seems like they're really coming together at the at the right time of the year. Getting good goaltending, they played. They played a very fast and physical game with RPI. I enjoyed watching that sixty minutes, and I we're talking before we went on. They they got a real legit shot to grab a four seed in the first round by right now this weekend. Yeah, I, I think you know they had the they had a little debacle late in the first half against Western Michigan where they were up four. What was it four nothing? And they and they ended up losing. It was it was either four nothing or five nothing, and they ended up losing that game up in the third period. Um, and it took a while for them to really, really recover from them. They get off to about a five. They get off to a five and zero start this year. They yeah. played some very good teams, Western Michigan, Michigan being uh, one of them. Um, and you know, they they did. Like I said, it took them a while to recover from that. It seemed, but now it just seems like they have two wins against Cornell recently. They've played some strong games. You know, we'll see how they do against Quinnipiac this week. But that's a team I really like. They have some nice players up front. They have the young. The young brothers there, um, you know, Matt Verboon, uh, Josh McKechnie, they're pretty deep up front. I guess their question mark is whether they can, you know, get the goaltending, the consistent goaltending to, um, you know, keep them in games and to pick up a win. Yeah, and like Cornell, I just saw them too. RPI beat them 6-2, to two, a little deceiving there. It was 
a 4-2 game with just a few minutes left, and Cornell had a two-man advantage, uh, two-man power play, uh, and they pulled the goalie to go to really up it, and RPI got two empty net goals to make that a 6-2 game. What's up with Cornell? Uh, you know, Mike Schaefer's been away, and uh, their season's kind of kind of tanked since then. Yeah, it's been kind of an interesting one. They went out to North Dakota. They they you know they became the first ECAC team to sweep out there in uh, North Dakota, um, and then you know Mike Schaefer got COVID, um, and then had a heart. They found a heart, and he needed a heart yeah. stent. He's been out for you know a, a month and a half now, and they've just really struggled to you know find some wins. Um, I think they have like other than their win against Clarkson this week, and there was only one regulation win since Ben Sire has taken over in late January. So it's been uh, kind of tough sailing there for uh, Cornell, but you know, Mike Chafer is kind of a larger than life figure. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a very good coach. I mean, you're definitely seeing that now um, with them struggling so much. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he comes back, but you know, it, it's obviously a struggle. I mean, I, I, they struggled a little bit at the end of the first half too. So, it's you know is it just that they're running they run out of gas at the end like I guess that's a thing with some of these teams that have you know didn't play last year how's the how's the yeah. tank how's the conditioning going to be down here down the stretch you, you take a look so that's the top five right you take a look at the rest you have RPI Brown Princeton Union St. Lawrence Dartmouth and, and Yale I think you can sum all those up as they're consistently inconsistent yeah you know I, yeah, I, I think you could definitely say that I mean you know, Princeton's been good against the Ivies, but nobody else. I yeah. mean, they they were in the Ivy League race this week. They were five one and zero against Ivy League teams, and it and had like three wins against other uh, the rest of uh, college hockey. So, I, I mean, yeah, they're definitely uh, very inconsistent there, and they give up a ton of goals. I don't really think their goaltending is just not that great. I think yeah. that's part of it. Um, so one night they'll get a decent goaltending effort, the next night they'll struggle, and yeah, and they'll they'll ship six seven you know, eight goals against Quinnipiac uh, a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, it's been kind of a struggle for them. And then, you know, you look at a team like RPI that, you know, they're pretty deep. It's a pretty deep hockey team there. They are deep, yeah. This has. Um, you have to wonder if maybe that will be kind of an advantage uh, going going forward here um, down the stretch. Um, and, I mean, obviously it sure seems like that might be the case. I mean, ever since that, you know, debacle again, I hate to say debacle, but, a debacle, the debacle against Cornell. I mean, they really haven't won, you know, they haven't won two straight games since December. So, you know, that, that's kind of, um, that's kind of tough. And then you look at uni. I mean, they had a good, they had a good stretch when Bennett, uh, you know, first left the program under yeah. uh, John Ronan. And then ever since then, you know, the last couple of weeks has been a real struggle for them. So, uh, it will be interesting to see who gets up there. I mean, it's kind of surprised to me to see, you know, Brown right up there and to think of it too. I, yeah, you know, I kind of wrote them off a little bit earlier in the year. They, you know, they had their struggles, but you know, they've kind of really picked up some good results lately and, uh, you know, got themselves up into the tie, up into eighth place and tied for seventh. And um, yeah, it sure seems like uh, RPI has probably a leg up with a four point lead. You know, they only need a really a, couple a little help and you know a tie a draw really to, to really lock that up the way some of those teams are playing so yeah it should be interesting i mean dartmouth and yale you know down at the bottom you look at those two with it you know they're kind of struggling uh dartmouth struggles for possession quite a bit you know they get they get outshot pretty heavily they have, just have a really good goalie like 
you ask me, if you look at the goaltending, you know, Clay Stevenson might be the best goaltender in the league. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but, you know, they, they're getting heavily outshot and it's just, it's a, just a tough night every night. And then, yeah, you, you know, Yale too, the same way. I mean, you look at those two teams, right? They're the two teams that didn't really take on any grad transfers, didn't take on any extra, extra year guys. And the depth is not as there as some of the other teams. So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting battle. I mean, there's always an interesting, a couple interesting battles, you know, in the ECAC and, um yeah we'll see what happens down the stretch and then obviously princeton might actually have a leg up a little bit too because they play three weight games this weekend yeah they play three straight yeah, three straight days like I, I don't know if i've ever seen that in college hockey so um should be interesting there. i think the one the one thing about rpi it looks like jack jack watson has kind of settled in as as the number one we'll see about this weekend um wouldn't shock me if Lyndon marshall's who's been a he's been a, a loyal guy for five mm-hmm. years now um, I, I kind of expect him to get the call on senior night against Harvard, but you never know if you got to, if you got to win, you got to get your points. You got to do that. Um, but Watson has shown a propensity to go out and pitch a shutout. I mean, he, he was fantastic when they beat Harvard two nothing out in Cambridge um, back in January. Um, it, do you see a goalie? You mentioned a few. If you could pick one goalie of not the top five teams in the league, but how about team six through 12? one goalie that could get up and is capable of stealing a series um, in this. Is there somebody that you have in mind? Yeah, I would say Clay Stevenson. I mean, he's made 40, he's made over 40 saves in multiple games this year. I mean, maybe you look like, you know, Jack Watson, same thing. They're both freshmen. So I mean, maybe they're unheralded. They're on some teams that, you know, struggle with possession. You know, they see a lot of rubber. Um, But I mean, I I look like, I, I mean, if you're looking at a team that can probably steal a series, you're looking at maybe RPI. Um, I yeah. definitely think that, you know, they'll probably get the six seed. And, you know, you look at a team that could possibly get a win here against, you know, a Cornell type or a Cornipiac type, you're probably looking at an RPI. But if you're looking in the first round in the lower seeds, you're probably looking at, um, you're probably looking at Clay Stevenson in, the, in that first round matchup, yeah. which it could be interesting because it could be if, you know, RPI can find their way up to fifth, you would, you, could be seeing those two freshmen in a playoff series. You, you just so. might. Yeah. You know, RPI just, just went out to Quinnipiac and lost a game one, nothing um, a few weeks ago. And let me just look it up real quick. I the score might've been one zip or, or two, nothing. It was two zip and Quinnipiac came, came to Troy and beat them. So they've hung with them, you know, and the thing with RPI, uh, I don't know how much you've seen tour Linden this year, but he is an all around player. He's a great He's a player for that team. Um, he scores timely goals. He does everything. And he, he's, he's, a, I think a great presence on that team. And he's a guy I could see having a big playoff. He's, he was, when they got hot two years ago, I think he was the biggest difference to them from uh, really January through the season, getting shut down through to COVID was his uh, maturation as a hockey player. So they, they will be interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you look at that team a few years ago, you know, you had the Will Riley types, feel bad for him that yeah. he never got his chance. I mean, that team was probably going to host a series, a, a, a second round series, have a bye. Yeah. Um, it's just tough for that team. But I think that this year's team, I mean, I mean, they definitely have the depth. They have more depth than some of those teams down below. They probably have more depth than even a, a, a Cornell type. So it would be interesting to see them in a in a playoff series against a Cornell type because, like I said, I think they almost have a little bit more. I mean, yeah, you can throw out the eleven to three result early in the year, but yeah. um, you know, I think they match. I think they would actually match up well um, with a Cornell type or you know a Colgate type. Um, 
it's just a matter of getting, I mean, Colgate's, you know, their goaltenders, goaltending situation has been up and down this year too, but lately it's been a little bit better, but um, yeah. So it's, it's, it would be interesting to see an RPI up against one of those two teams or, I mean, even a Harvard too. I mean, Harvard has been wildly inconsistent at times yeah. this year too. So um, I just think now, I mean, you looked at Gibson, I thought he had a great game, even though Harvard did a good job in the great area. I thought, I thought he was, you know, kind of fantastic as well. What, uh, what you make of Connor Murphy at Union? Because he is, he's another one that uh, he, he's been very, he's been rock steady all year. Yeah. He like, I mean, he's had a couple bad games, but that's going to yeah. happen when you play every game. Yeah. You know, he, he's a kid, you know, obviously he transferred in from Northeastern, you know, good program there. So, I mean, he has good, um, has good thing there. He's, you know, he's got a 917 save percentage, always yeah. very good um there i mean he's had some good games but at, at, at you know at times there's been a couple inconsistencies but I, I guess you can say that about everybody right everybody's had some bad yeah. games this year it just seems like maybe the year off kind of kind of led to that a little bit especially on the defensive side so um i definitely like goalies but i tend to lean on sometimes i mean goalies are, are, can be great but sometimes the defense has a lot of, a lot to play in that too especially at the college level yeah, who uh, not, not giving uh, credit to the goalies, but I mean, yeah, they have a great game. But I, I think a lot of the good numbers you look at Quinnipiac numbers, a lot of their good numbers are because they possess the puck 70% of the time. Yeah, they give up 15 shots a game. You know, Minnesota State, <laughs> another team like that. I'd love to see them and Quinnipiac yeah, go up to up against each other again because both of them allow like 15 shots a game. So it's a lot easier to get a 15 save shout out than to get a you know 49 save shout out. Sure. Sure. Who, uh, we're going to put you on the spot, pick a team who, who's going to win the, who do you think is going to win right now? If you had to pick a team to win the conference tournament, uh, who would you go with? I think if I had to choose one, I, I, I almost think the final would be Clarks and Harvard. Maybe. Oh, actually they really, really yeah. maybe, but uh, then again, they play each other in the second round. So that one, the third round. So that one were the semifinals. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would probably be Quinnipiac Clarkson, but like I said, I think Clarkson could score. I mean, that's the yeah. big difference. I mean, yeah, um, obviously Quinnipiac's been good all, all, all season, but I, I just, I just like the scoring. I, I just think it's so big. I mean, it's great to have the great defense giving up one goal a game, but if you're playing good teams, you know, and you're only scoring one goal against them, it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of tough for me to say, you know, there is you know, they might be able to pick it up come the playoff time, but we'll see. I mean, Quinnipiac's been the best team all year, so I shouldn't really yeah. slack them there. But, you know, we, we also have their uh, tournament lack of success with some of their dominating teams to look back on as well. I mean, was that recent one against Brown a couple years ago? Look yeah. who's in the second round. Should have, you know, should have won that, won the uh, ECAC title that year. And then there's some others that I could just list them off. They, They've only won one title and they've been so dominant for so long. So that place, you know, that playoff uh, success, it, it does, it does wane on you a little bit. I mean, as a UNH alum myself, I, I certainly know how difficult that can be. Is it? Yeah. You, you know, you're talking about that. And I, I tend to agree with you um, as you're, you're saying that, because if you're a defensive oriented club and, you know, you make a defensive breakdown or, you know what, say you're playing Clarkson in the conference final. Clarkson's a, a really good team. They're playing really good hockey right now. Forget about last week at Cornell, right? Yeah. So 
you 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 could choke up a little bit, grip the the sticks a little tight, especially if they can go pop one or two in on you early. And now your defensive team having to scramble back and not play the style of the game that got you into that into that championship setting. Yeah, and and I think that's what the, that's the thing that happens um, has happened to them over the years. Is sometimes they get into that possession based uh, team, that possession based defensive style of game, and for some reason, whatever it is, the, the mistakes become magnified in the, at the end of the season, uh, in the tournaments. And sometimes it's hard to get come back in that setting. And that that's, what's happened over the years. The, the, the defense has been wildly inconsistent sometimes in those games, they give up a grade a shot. Like if you're, if you're giving up 15 shots, but five of them are grade a chances, you're going to give up some goals. If you look back on your time, um, with this league is there a, a a moment that stands out or a team that stands out to you as is something you you remember vividly oh for the quinnipiac or just in- no for anybody anybody in the ecac oh i mean i mean you gotta look at the union team right <laughs> it, what was that 2015 2000 I, you know 2014 yeah. yeah i mean you gotta look at that team that was the best team i've seen in the ecac by quite a margin yeah i mean it was also that really good harvard team a few years ago as well, probably half decade now. Um, yeah, so you look at teams like those that, that were very good, and then and then you have those those many Quinnipiac teams that were just dominant. I mean, early in the early 2010s when they lost to Yale in 2013. I mean, that was a very good hockey team that you yeah. know didn't really um, they didn't win the they didn't win the ECAC title that year. They didn't obviously they lost in the national championship game, so it's hard. It's hard to say anything about that, but yeah, that, that's a good example of that. But I mean, yeah, that, that, that union team back then was that back in 2014 was pretty special. Yeah, I'll never that was, you know, you're looking at best teams in college hockey history. They're probably in the top seven really? or eight. Okay. That, yeah. I, I had them then and I was down in Philadelphia yeah. for that run. And that was, that was a, I remember uh, Don Vaughn after union beat yeah. uh, Colgate in the ECAC final. He came into the presser and he was just like that. That team's going to win a national title. They threw four lines at them, and they they just didn't stop. They were relentless. Yeah, um, if I remember right, Colgate actually led in that game after the first period. They they very well might have. They I think it was two nothing or something like that. And then Colgate had played um, a double overtime game the night before. <laughs> so by the time they got to the second period and they played the late game because for some yeah. reason for many years up in Lake Placid it seemed like the late game would go to double overtime and uh, Colgate, I think we're in two in a row. And then it just, it just kills you for the next day. Um, and yeah, that they just got dog tired in that game. I remember that game pretty vividly. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a fun year. And you know, I'm, I'm just happy we can get to Lake Placid again this year. You know, obviously for two years, not being able to go up there, I have already yeah. had my hotel booked. I'm ready to go. I can't wait to get back up there see all the work they've done in that building. Obviously it's not going to be the same feel because of the, you know, the, the lack of a uh, international size rink, but, um, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that change, but I know all the coaches are. So, I mean, I know a lot of the coaches have thought that that was kind of the um, reason why ECAC, ECAC teams have struggled in the, in the NCAAs. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I, I do think I think one of the things I saw over the weekend, I, I, I don't think the ECAC teams get as many special team situations as some other conferences. It sure okay. seemed like I think Harvard didn't even have a power play last week. And we know what Harvard could do on the power play. 
Yeah, yeah. They're we legal. don't really get the practice. I don't know how it was elsewhere. I do know Colgate was the same way. I was talking to their uh, uh, their broadcaster, uh, John McGraw, over the weekend, and I guess they didn't call anything there. And I guess it's it is the time of the year, but you know, it kind of those kind of situations, having those situations, are big too. And I think that's something that's caused the league a lot of issues because. They haven't in the past called enough, you know, specialty team situations. So we'll see. We'll see as we go down the stretch here what happens and what gets called and what doesn't. Is there a possible national title team in the ECAC this year? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I look at teams that could win a game in these NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I, I keep coming back to that Clarkson team because they can score. I think they could. I, I mean, I think they could win a game. I'd give them more of a chance to win than Quinnipiac. I mean, I hate to dog Quinnipiac for yeah. not scoring. You know, they only have three regulation losses all year. You know, they've been very good. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the recent the recent lack of success against decent to to good teams, and, and you got to wonder if there's some question marks there. And, um, I mean, I look at a team like, you know, Harvard could certainly win the ECC title too. Sure. Um, I mean, you look at those teams so – Quinnipiac and Clarkson are most likely to get it at large. Clarkson, you know, on the bubble, they really needed that uh, that Cornell win over the weekend because now they're 17th and then there's a mess of hockey East teams there that yeah. might, you know, they might benefit because they might knock each other out. But yeah, there's someone's going to pick each other off there. They're just going to pick each other off, and I think that Boston College could actually be their best friend. <laughs> pick off some <laughs> of those teams, and you know, his Boston BC hasn't really been all that good uh, this year, so. Um, it's tough to see Jerry's teams, you know, be, but they got a 12 game on losing streak and, you know, where they didn't win a game. So that's tough. That's, that was their longest in program history. So, you know, it's, uh, it's always a fun time of the year. And so, you know, we can always say this team can win and this team can't, but you know, it always comes down. You look at that Yale team that beat Quinnipiac in 2000, uh, yeah. 2013, they lost to the ECAC consolation game with the last, <laughs> last team in and, yeah, we don't have the ECAC consolation games anymore. Thank goodness. The, they didn't that. even hang around for the post-game presser. Keith got right on the bus. Yeah, I, I trust me. I'm well aware of that. Atlantic <laughs> City, I remember that. What a, what a, oh, let's not even talk about Atlantic City. I, I've forgotten about that. Yeah. But yeah, no, that that, that was uh, that was fun. I mean, obviously he shut us up. So <laughs> they won. He used it to good. He used it to good. Uh, to good. To good use. So yeah. All right. Look, uh, hey, look. How, how can people follow you? How can they can they find you uh, to get your thoughts on uh, ECAC hockey? Yeah, Josh uh, J Seguin twenty four. That's my Twitter. I mean, I write for College Hockey News, so um, we'll see what I got coming this week. Bobby Harvard, because I went to the Harvard game this weekend. Got some yeah. good stuff there, and then uh, we'll see. We'll see where I go this week, and I might go to Quinnipiac. All right. Look, I, I, I we're breaking new ground here. The Bruin fan has a Canadian fan on the show. I'm going to give you. Give you a chance to show, throw some props. They're, they're taking it to my, uh, Toronto pretty good tonight. What do you think of Martin St. Louis as the uh, the coach up there? Kind of a weird one because if you know, as an ECAC, you know, as an ECAC fan, as an ECAC writer, I look back and you know he replaced Dominic Ducharme. Yep. Dominic Ducharme and Marty St. Louis were teammates at Vermont when Vermont was in uh, the ECAC in the in the nineties. Uh, so it was kind of weird that they kind of, you know, St. Louis replaced uh, Ducharme. Um, but they've looked good under, I mean, Montreal is, you know, Cole Caulfield. He's going to benefit from a guy like Marty St. Louis. I mean, obviously Caulfield went to Wisconsin, but he's going to benefit from a guy like Marty St. Louis. Undersized forward, 
you know, Marty St. Louis was yeah. one of the best undersized forwards you've ever, we've ever seen. So um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting move. He's got no head coaching experience, no NHL coaching experience. So it's definitely an interesting move, but you know, as an ECAC fan, we keep a coach, uh, a coach in the, in the national hockey league. Sure. Hey, did Caulfield, Caulfield get buried under Ducharme up there a little he bit? He did. Yeah. He got sent back to the AHL a couple times, everything. Yeah. He, but he's been, what, what did he see? I think he has four and five, four goals in five games under St. Louis. So yeah, he's a guy that, you know, you look at, he'll benefit from uh, Martin being there. And obviously, you know, Montreal has that crazy thing where they have to have a French coach and gotta have it. GM and it's just silly. I mean, maybe that's just my opinion. I'm a French Canadian through and through. I grew up in a yeah. French Canadian town, speak French to my grandmother, but I still think that's silly. I think <laughs> oh, that cool. requirement is absolutely silly. I want the best guy. I don't care if he speaks French or English or Russian. We're, we're, we're both riding high today. The Bruins surprised me a little bit with that 5-1 win over the Avs uh, in the matinee. That one that one caught me off guard a little bit, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, the Bruins have been kind of inconsistent, too. Oh. Um, yeah, you know, obviously losing Marshawn was big for that silliness that he pulled. He, kind of going back to what he, you know, what he was before this yeah. year. Yeah, look, I, I had a Bruin blogger on last week. We were talking about Marshawn, and I just looked at it, and I said, you know, I love the guy. But that really bothered me at a time where you you just can't take your your, your best score. Pasternak's fantastic, but Marshan makes things happen. I think he creates more plays. Yeah. When you're taking yourself off the ice, you're acting like uh, my kids are five and a half years old, and they they were more mature than Marshan was that night. Yeah, I mean it happens, right? I mean it happens in hockey. It's it's whatever. I mean we had a you know an NCAA basketball coach that did something stupid. Yesterday. Oh yes, he did. So yes, he did. Uh, I mean. Um, I just wonder, um, somebody sent some laughs to me earlier, uh, another writer in the league. I wonder if they're going to, you know, uh, those two coaches will be at Dunkin' Donuts sometime soon. Maybe. Like like Seth and like – I got caught years ago. that day. What? They, they were doing the Dunkin' Donuts thing, and I was on my way to work. And I used to stop there every day. And I'm pulling through the drive-thru, and I pull up, and they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm getting my coffee. What are you doing here? <laughs> I just remembered that. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe they'll just get um, they'll just get their uh, their they sell coffee together. I mean, that yeah. seemed to work for Rick and uh, and Seth. Um, I guess Seth's doing very well now in the what is he in Rochester? Yeah, yeah, he's doing with well. the American League. Yeah, so yeah, no, yeah I, I had to go back. I had to go to my office and get my tape recorder and go back and do interviews. I didn't know they were going to be there. <laughs> I, was, I mean, it's just a funny story based on you know what we've seen and you know sure. this is happening. I mean. You know, Rick and Seth had their had their dust ups, and um, that yeah, one that definitely. Was, and that was the year. That, that was the year Union won the national title, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, it didn't really hurt them very much. Um, no, it only hurt them really the next week because there were some suspensions. Uh, Matt yeah. Bodie had to sit for a game or two. Um, somebody else. I just talked to Matt a couple weeks ago. Somebody else had to sit down, and then once they got everybody back from suspension, they didn't lose again. Uh, the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think they're in the top. You know, they might even be in the top five of best teams. Obviously, you have that undefeated Cornell team in 69 or 70, one of those years. And then yeah. you have a really good Denver, a couple of good Denver teams in the 60s. And, I mean, you're looking, you're looking at some very, you know, they, that was one of the best teams I've seen in my years. Obviously, Maine, Asterix Maine as a UNH fan. Yeah. You know, the next year they had all their issues. A little problem. What? what? Yeah, yeah, you know, we had all these problems, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> the unfortunate thing about Rick a few weeks ago, I mean, I, I do have to say, like, 
it overshadowed something really big for Union. And that that's the unfortunate part of it. It, yeah. unfor- it, it, it overshadowed the, the getting of scholarships. I mean, that's that's the yeah. unfortunate part of that that whole situation that I just want to throw out there. It, it's unfortunate because that that's a big moment for Union. And it's unfortunate that the the story was not that we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. That was a stunner when that happened. Um, you know, you said what they said and, and, and Rick seems pretty based on interviews I've, I've heard with him that he's content with it and ready to move on. So. Yeah, it was a tough situation, I, I suppose. Um, I mean, he's always been known as kind of an old school kind of coach. So it's just a tough road for some of those guys. Now um, there's not many of them left. Um, especially at the college level. I mean, you look at another yeah. one recently, Mark Morris up at SLU, uh, St. Lawrence, you know, got himself into some water too. So, yeah, there's not many of those guys left. It's unfortunate for Rick because he was a great coach. He was respected by his players, respected by alums. It's, it's unfortunate for him. Yeah, I think going back and covering that team um, for all those years, you could talk to Rick on a Wednesday and say, how's practice going? And he'd give you an honest answer. And if the answer wasn't very good, they usually lost on Friday night. I mean, they they played how they practiced, and he was a, he yeah. was a stickler. And if that's wrong, then that's wrong. I don't, you know, sometimes yeah. you wonder how our coach is supposed to coach. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like I said, you look at another situation up in St. Lawrence, similar type. You know, he didn't. He only lasted a couple of years up there. Yeah. His his coaching style, hard nose. You know, didn't really. You know, didn't really resonate. Um, Obviously, Rick had kind of been at it long enough at Union where he's get, he got the respect. Um, but it was an unfortunate ending to that, to, the, to his yeah. tenure there, because it was very good. You won Union a national title. You won yeah. Union College a national title. <laughs> like, think, let, let's think about that. Without scholarships, without anything, you won them a national title. Yeah, about 2,200 I mean, students. Yeah. And they got it done. So, yeah, that was the yeah, great. Yeah, like I said, and, and might be one of the best top five top seven teams in the history of college hockey. So yeah, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Shane Gostisbehere and Daniel Carr off those teams either. So, you know, I remember the stat that night they beat Minnesota. I saw it in ESPN, the uh, number of students at each school. I think Minnesota had about 50,000 students at U 2200 at Union. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy night. And then Gostisbehere being plus seven. Like, that's plus crazy. Seven. That's crazy. We, we, I guess I could talk about that team for a while, but that, that, that was a really good team. And then, like I said, there was a really good Harvard team right after that. They should have done a lot more in the playoffs. I remember that yeah. team very well too, because being in the Boston area, I'm, I'm just over the New Hampshire border. I go see, I see a lot of Harvard games, so that's just the way where I'm located. So um, I get down there a lot, and um, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Josh, listen, I really appreciate your time. Maybe we'll have you back as we get into uh, to the college hockey uh, Frozen Four tournament. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. As always, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm always good with my time, especially at this hour of the night. Yeah, right. I got my kids to bed, so I'm uh, I'm free and ready to go. Uh, I see ya. All right, my man. Have a great uh, have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out in Albany for round one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see the we'll see the schedule. All right, Josh. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye now. Josh Sagan, college hockey news guy, does ECAC hockey like nobody you can believe. It's fantastic. I really appreciate him joining the show. Next week, we're going to uh, get into some baseball. Uh, we have a guest coming up on baseball, and I do want to talk. I know the Major League Baseball and the MLBPA talk today, two, three hours, I guess. I haven't heard any reports on it, and guess what? I don't care. 
right? I'm not not in fan. Not going to favor the owners. Not going to favor the players. I'm going to favor the fans. Give me my damn baseball, all right? And for no other reason, my fantasy baseball league, year 33, our draft is scheduled for about four and a half weeks from now. I want to have that. Love my baseball. Six months every day. Get it figured out, folks. More on baseball next week when uh, we come back for Pugsley's Pit. Thank you all for joining us this week. Appreciate your time. And, uh, and again, great thanks to Josh Sagan for joining us. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Uh-huh.